feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm awake. Are you? Let's go now to our new episode of The Unfiltered Rise with me, Heidi Love. We're going to be doing a co-collaborative recording, and we are really excited today. Um, Heidi found me recently, and uh, she's actually an ex-Mormon as well, and crazy because she actually lives in the city where I grew up, and so God's doing his thing. and. Today, we're going to talk about, we both just have studied a lot of the same stuff um, and are aware after growing up in Mormonism because of the bloodlines that we come from, you know, we really have some insider information to share with you. The realities of the Antichrist Nephilim Mormon cult is what the topic that we're going to be discussing today. We're going to expose the reality of um, the Nephilim, the Antichrist agenda and all of that behind what Mormonism really is um, disguised as religion, which let's go ahead and point out that the word religion itself means to rely on jinn, and jinn is the fallen, the evil spirits. So um, Heidi, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you found me and what made you interested in speaking to me and your um, just your own experiences, just touch on a little bit in um, sure. what's going on in your life right now. Yeah, my life is a little wild right now. So I actually was really led to you, I feel, by Holy Spirit, because I have done many things and spoken out many times on Mormonism, but I've never really had a a person that I was so drawn to after hearing your story. I was like, I have to talk to this lady. (laughs) There was too much stuff. I was like, okay. And then it got deeper and deeper and deeper as as I listened to it, it was so random, just a couple episodes triggered multiple things. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then some other random things that I've shared with you. And I was like, okay, this is real. And sometimes when you grow up in, you're really indoctrinated and, and you know, this, you feel like things aren't real. You feel like, uh, no, you're just making that worse than it was. No, you're just doing this or that. And so a lot of times I feel like, especially as women, we're kind of discounted. And I always felt that way. I don't know about you. Well, that's definitely the intention in Mormonism (laughs) is to make women feel like they don't know anything. And, you know, they're, they're not taught, they're not included in the priesthood, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and so they, there's very much uh, energy and a vibration and an experience and a manipulation and a mind control over women um, because of the fact that it's also a Freemason religion, um, mm-hmm. or cult rather that, For sure, um, cult. <laughs> you know, most people yes. don't realize that when they <clears throat> come into Mormonism, that they're being initiated into Freemasonry. No, and, I did not know at all. I was yeah. completely. Yep. 
So right there, let's just, we're going to go into the history going all the way back, essentially to the beginning of time and unravel, you know, where we land in Mormonism and why it's connected to the Antichrist agenda, Freemasonry and Nephilim. And it's thick within Mormonism, probably more so than any other religion, because, um, just, well, to point to, first of all, how the Nephilim are connected to Freemasonry and then how Freemasonry is connected to Mormonism and why it's Antichrist is what we're going to talk about today. And so if we go back to um, the Nephilim, we know that fallen angels came down, looked upon the daughters of men, procreated with women, created giants. And the giants were half angel, half human. So they are in love with themselves because they want to be like God. You know, they, they left their first estate. They rebelled against the laws of God, the positions and posts that they were given to serve God. They left. So now they're in rebellion. So now their <laughs> God becomes Satan. And so they are rebellious spirits. And so they become evil. So they're obsessed with incest. They're obsessed with themselves like narcissism is actually a word that comes from one of the ancient gods, you know, which would be Nephilim. All of the ancient gods are Nephilim. And so they're narcissistic. They are obsessed with their own bloodlines. So that's where the incest comes in really strong in the Nephilim bloodline families. They are um, the fallen gods that they direct men to worship require blood oaths. And so, um, and they were so big, you know, they started eating everything up and then they started cannibalizing humanity, which was why God ended up flooding the entire earth. <laughs> and it says in the Bible that there were giants in the land and after this time. And then it also says that in the days of the coming of the son of man, that it would be as it was in the days of Noah, which means there's going to be a, this whole second incursion of the entire earth having fallen genetics again, that the fallen come and you know, I don't, we might go into the whole Nimrod, the second incursion where, where that came from after, because a lot of people think with the Nephilim that, oh, well, some of the giants held on to the ship and survived or some silliness like that. Like, no, God was clear. He said he wiped out everyone on the whole earth. Everybody died. And then um, what I believe happened is that through Noah's sons, Shem, Japheth and Ham, Ham looked upon his mother's nakedness, which in the Bible means that he slept with his own mother. So then you start an incestuous bloodline again and incest alone will call the fallen. And and what happens is then you, your body is a temple. So as, if you can become with possessed with a demonic spirit, you can become possessed with a Nephilim spirit. So, so there are many people walking this earth who are nef Nephilim hosts. Mm -hmm. And whether that happens through um, covenant contract, because you disobey God's laws and enter into abomination or whether it's because you actually have sex with a fallen angel who comes down, who can manifest into the physical plane. Um, you know, these angels clearly can take on a physical being. And so which, whichever way that came through ham, um, and then Nimrod and it, comes out from there. It says in the Bible that Nimrod bega began to become a mighty one or a mighty, a man of renown. You know, these, these terms in the Bible, they all point to giantism and, and whether they were giant, a giant, whether they were large in stature, 
or just large in spiritual nature because they are getting power from dark sources, then we're dealing with the second incursion. So then when, when you go to the tower of Babel, um, they were builders, they were building this tall mountain and then you deal with cornerstones and the, and the, the Freemasons talk about cornerstones. Well, the Nephilim were the ones who came and gave all of, um, the instructions to man that man, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was still being disseminated by the fallen after the garden in these covenants that men were entering into with the fallen. That's what channeling is, you know, um, all, all of the books outside of the Bible, most other religions that have a book like the book of Mormon or, you know, the Quran or all of these books are channeled works that may have truth in them, but they're channeled and the fallen will always give you a level of truth and then twist it. So I definitely think so on that one, because I do a lot of research into the occult because I feel like we need to know our enemy. And I search a lot into John D and John D's workings and not John D Rockefeller. John D was an old guy, 1500s. He was Elizabeth's um, astronomer whatever, but he channeled these angels and, and through Edward Kelly they they like made all this stuff all these workings and most of them were destroyed but that turned into almost a ton of other occult religions but not only that crowley saw awas joseph smith saw an angel muhammad saw gabriel like they're gonna lie to you Mm -hmm. we have to be wise yeah when you're dealing with anything outside of the bible you can probably almost always assume that it was from a fallen angel that was coming and trying to play god and you know get in the mix and deceive man and create some new religion in order to deceive and and bring people away from the truth and so um you know we really see this playing out in mormonism and you can go back and trace like okay so so you have genesis which the word genesis has the word gene in it. So it's pointing to the genes of humanity. And then it talks about, you know, how man fell and how their genes got corrupted. And then you end up with these, these Nephilim. And then, so the Nephilim are <clears throat> the originators, the creators of Freemasonry, because they taught man to build. Um, and God's people always lived in tents, the Israelites, they were tent dwellers. And so these Nephilim come and teach humanity, you know, to build, why do they even need to build to hide their rituals? They were doing, you know, you can't hide in a tent when you're drinking and eating blood and murdering and pillaging babies. And let's just get this out of the way right now. When a lot of people go, Oh, the God of the old Testament, you know, Oh, the anger of God. And it's, it's like, well, first you have what you have to understand about the Bible is there's one God, only one God. There's not the God of the old Testament. You know, God has a reason for telling his people to go and murder every man, woman, and child in these tribes, because these tribes were Ites tribes, which most of the Ites tribes in the Bible were all Nephilim, Nephilim hosts, worshiping fa- the fallen. And what do their gods require? It's a, it's not just because God's a jealous God. People will tell you, oh, Yahweh and the fight between the Elohim. They just, he just wanted to be the higher God. And, you know, Lucifer just wanted to be free and start his own thing. No, these gods require blood, incest, the raping of children, incestish, incestuous raping of children and their blood from infancy. This is why when after many generations of, of this going on within people's bloodlines, God goes, just go take them all out. They're all, they're born with a Nephilim host inside of them. This is how they want to get in because they didn't have a body. So they're not 
they're genetically flawed. It's corrupt. Yeah, yeah which corrupt. was why, why God repented of even creating man, you know, in, in the beginning when he flooded the earth, which I feel him doing again, because man yes. is once again, we're in the days Corrupting. of again, mm-hmm. we're in the days of the coming of the son of man. And the same thing has played out. And which is really interesting because um, mm-hmm. Heidi and I actually know a little bit about this because- <laughs> Somebody that's really close to me, I have evidence that they have Nephilim genetics. The sixth finger is a marker. I have just real quick before we go into to this stuff, Heidi, I want to share out of my book um, because I write on some of these characteristics because I actually had a vision where God showed all of this stuff to me. And it's only recent that he actually clarified to me that I actually do have hybrid genetics myself, which I, I didn't know at first when he started revealing this stuff to me. And um it makes sense though, because I have, you know, the, the, that the whole reason that they do did this is because to have a half human, half angel, gives somebody a lot of power and a lot mm-hmm. of spiritual gifts. And I, I do have a lot of spiritual gifts. I, I have gifts of vision and, and dreams. And, um, I wrote an energy healing method 10 years ago while I was still Mormon and it was called spirit code. And the whole um, basis of that was that through and in the name of Jesus Christ to illuminate our spiritual gifts, um, because a lot of them remain dormant. And part of that reason is, is because that's one of the things that happens in the Mormon rituals and why they abuse children from when they're little, because they want to take your spiritual gifts and dedicate them to the kingdom of, of darkness. And so, um, God showed me a vision of how the Nephilim are procreating to, to downsize so that they can blend into society. Cause it's like, well, where are all the giants? The giants are all underground. We're not all Nephilim. Like a lot of us, you would be surprised. No, some of us know some of us unknowingly, and that's what going to be, what's really great for you and me to talk because when yeah. you share, you know, there's some knowing there and there's some un- unknowing that I didn't know the Holy spirit had to reveal to me. So there's plenty of people walking around because once you get out so far away from the origination of wherever, you know, this incursion of, the fallen come and, and then these genetics are flawed. You know, some people go this way. Some people don't stick with the family, um, cult or, or what it practices that the, the traditions of their fathers. Um, and so, so God showed me some of these things in a vision one morning, I, um, was laying in bed and it was one of the longest vision sessions. And it, it was so scientific in the spirit that I couldn't even retain most of it. But what I came away with was he led me to go to research a lot of people that I grew up with and started showing me the physical markers of how to recognize these um, Nephilim hybrid genetics in humanity, because there are markers, definite markers, which we'll just go ahead and point it, take a good look at Heidi's face because you can, you can see. And as I read this, you know, you'll see that she has a lot of these markers. Um, so, uh, some of the genetic markers Holy Spirit has shown me are the following physical traits and personality characteristics that may help with learning to discern Nephilim bloodlines, large, wide set eyes, very tall with bigger heads, long head, long forehead, and high hairline, long chin, like the Habsburg jaw, which is one of the royal lines. What do you think like Jay Leno jaw? If you go back to the ancient royal lines and look up these pictures of the Habsburg family, which was incredibly incestuous, right. incestuous you'll see what happens um, to the jaw. And they, they, these were just paintings. <laughs> these people are kind of scary looking. 
um, cleft palate, facial asymmetry, dwarfism, prominent cheekbones, really short legs or arms with a longer torso where some in the family show up tall and lean and others in the same family have short legs and are stubbier. So let me pause real quick before I go on, because, um, understanding this, that is, is what I was saying, what I was being shown in this vision was that for many generations, the Illuminati, the occult, these religions that are part of these, um, Nephilim bloodlines, have been downsizing intentionally from the giants that where you hear about like the giants under the government has them, you know, hidden underground or right. whatever they're, they, you, they breed them with little people, which is why you end up with some of these weird traits that I just read, like these, the dwarfism and the short, um, limbs and things like that. And he took me and I, I, you can't believe how many people he showed me have these very clear markers. Things. Yeah. So red hair, fair skin, blue-eyed blondes, green eyes, abnormal physical beauty and talent, large lips, cold personality, superficial, overly extreme kindness or sweetness, very materialistic, money and beauty focused, highly skilled in athletics, like a gladiator. And this all makes sense because these are things that the fallen come and want to push, you know, men into Hollywood, into all of the things that take them away from God is really where they're leading, which is why these character characteristics come into play. And also, if you look at, at Hollywood, the whole reason they have the stars, you know how they have the, mm -hmm. the Hollywood stars, the sidewalk of all the stars, and they call themselves stars because they know that they are Nephilim hybrids. Well, and Aleister Crowley. Yeah. He, he literally said, Aleister Crowley said that later in the world, we would all be our own stars. So yeah. 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 It's yeah. So, so they know, they know their <clears throat> bloodlines and genetics. And that's why if you look in Hollywood, you see a lot of these markers as well. Um, incredibly medically focused, close to natural, closed to natural healing ideas, very thick hair, false gentleness feeling, sixth digit on any hand or foot that may have been removed at birth. Now it says in the Bible that the giants were six fingered. And so this is one of the remnants, which is one of the families that I'm close with. Um, they, they touted one of the sons who was born with a six digit also had the webbed toes, uh, point, pointy bridge on the forehead. And he used to talk about his broad nose, all of these markers that are in here. He used to joke about, about himself all of the time. So it was very clear to me later down the road that they knew who they were and where they came from, which is by the way, for those of you who know my story about the man that I found on, found out on the Island about to, um, take a boy who was drugged into a bestiality ritual with a goat. Um, this is this family. And so, so I was very close with this family and they have all of these in town. And, and this one brother who talks about this sixth digit that he was born with every single one of his children was then born with the sixth digit. And they just like tie a little string around it or cut it off at mm -hmm. birth. They have different ways they deal with that. But what were you going to say, Heidi? Growing up, my neighbors next door, uh, I think more than half of their six children had six, six fingers or toes and they had to be cut off. I yep. think it's more widespread yeah. than yeah. people yeah. understand. Yeah, because they remove the evidence uh -huh. at birth. Yeah. And yep. so you don't, unless you just hear the rumors and most people don't think about it and don't understand what that means. And it, mm -hmm. it is really common in Utah. And the Indians, I did hear this, that the Indians, what the reason why they would say how or hi was to check <gasps> how many fingers on their hand. That, Girl. Yes. That was told to me by my grandparents. 
That's cool. <laughs> Which is what crazy, happened? but it makes sense. Why oh, your would grandparents know. Oh yeah, my god. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh okay, so broad broad nasal bridge, downturned corners of the mouth. Oh wait, I missed a line. Hold on. The webbing of the in between fingers and toes, you literally will see like a seal that will come up. Um, and like this man that I knew, it, his two middle toes had a full web between them. Oh. Um, and he they chose not to cut it because his family liked mm. that he because they wanted it because they yeah. knew and understood. Uh huh. Um, low set ears, pointy center, lengthwise <laughs> line at the center of the forehead, broad nasal bridge, downturned corners of the mouth, underbite. Jacobson syndrome, which is interesting. If you go look up the traits of Jacobson syndrome, his name is actually Jacob. Oh, wow. Droopy <laughs> eyelids, skin folds, covering the inner on the inner corners of the eyes, thin upper lip, small lower jaw. Infertility issues is a marker of incest, scoliosis, immune system disorders, as children of incest tend to be very sickly. Missing teeth that never developed, which my sister, like these two, just to the side here, uh, you have your eye teeth and then the two here, those are the more common ones. And you see that a lot in Utah. Um, mm -hmm. My sister didn't have that either, which is a marker of the continued um, bloodline breeding, keeping the, the, um, I know what they do in Mormonism is they, is they try, they actually do blood tests and they try to pair people so that they're close enough that they won't have issues, but far enough apart that or far enough apart that they don't have issues, but close enough, they're keeping the bloodline pure. And so there's a lot of secret breeding and blood testing going on in Mormonism, which the FLDS church is now oh, having yeah. major fertility issues because they're so deeply inbred that what they're doing now, which is crazy because they live out and they're supposed to kind of like the Amish, you know, mm -hmm. now they're doing the blood testing so that they can try to get people to have kids because they're so, and like, they have so many birth defects. I used to work yeah. in Southern Utah as a nurse and we would always worry when we had women come in, which was very rare because they usually do home births, but when they came to us, it was because something went terribly wrong and they would be so messed up. These poor yeah. babies. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. And it's getting, it's getting really bad to the <laughs> point where, and this is, this is what God does is it's like, okay, you've, you've had enough. Now I'm going to, that's what we're going to see. The cursing of infertility is, is coming for these people and they're trying to force it by going and doing, you know, infertility treatments and doing like, um, artificial insemination and stuff like that. And they right. end up with these kids, but these kids are just like, not okay. No. So, mm -hmm. um, missing teeth that never, never developed premature birth being undersized and underweight, lower IQ scores, cystic fibrosis, heart conditions. They would need to carry many of these traits together, not just one or two to point to Nephilim genetics or incest markers. Holy Spirit will lead the way and confirm many of these traits are also what would result from incestuous genetic markers as the Nephilim bloodlines are obsessed with intermarrying to keep the bloodlines pure. There are many scientific medical groups that go to Utah to study genetics as it is well known in the science industry and medical communities to serve as home to many medical and health issues because of inbreeding within the Mormon cult, which is a Nephilim cult, Nephilim bloodlines and underground um, polygamy groups. This is another reason why the Mormon religion is so obsessed with pushing genealogy is they are seeking to link, seeking to link everyone to their royal bloodline, looking for gift markers in children's genetics to use them in their magic and rituals and have set out for generations to control populations and breeding through genetics and arranged um, intermarriage. 
So, um, uh, Heidi, why don't you yes. talk about your family's, um, awareness of their own <laughs> Nephilim? Yes. And hybrid it was wing. like a joke. This was so weird growing up. Like we knew that there was a lot of incest in our family, but not on purpose because, well, they said, <laughs> okay, because my family settled this area and there became so many of them that they started marrying cousins. They said unaware, this is way back, like in the forties. And so a lot of those cousins actually were mentally handicapped, all these things like where the other family members had to step in and take care of them. And actually that's why my great grandma was given, this is such a strange story to her aunt and uncle, because they had a child that was so messed up that he had to be in a wheelchair. And this was like in the depression times. And I mean, they needed help. They were well, also infertile. And they, yes. they all, just before you go on with that, be, they, the reason that they say that they don't know or act like, oh, we didn't know yeah. it was an accident. You know, it, it, the same mm -hmm. you hear the people who are coming out of the FDL LDS church right now who have escaped like on escaping polygamy and stuff talking about how they, if they were ever sent to like a public mainstream school or when they went out into the community, they would lie. They don't say that they're, they, because they yeah. can't actually they keep it secret. And so they, mm -hmm. a lot of them when they're little, don't even know that their dad's their dad. Cause they're not allowed to call him dad because they have to hide right. it, you know? And so um, they go out into the modern community and they can't say they're from a polygamous community. So there's a lot of lies involved in order to hide in the mainstream. So saying that, well, we didn't know, but we know, and they're talking about it is very clear that like, that yeah, was it was weird. And then, so she came through and um, this is my great grandma and this is in the, the depression. She helped them until they all passed away. And then she married my grandpa. Well, they had infertility problems to the point where she delivered two babies that were almost full term. They were boys and they were dead, um, stillborn babies, like plus miscarriages. She had RH negative factor. And then on top of it, she had the last son that she delivered dead was there so long because back then they didn't always know um that the baby died and it blood poisoned her literally and she almost died and the baby almost died so my grandmother was the first one that made it to a full-term pregnancy with that grandma and and let's point of, out that these these things these these are consequences of sin these mm -hmm. are consequences of sin these things happen genetically for mm -hmm. god's sake. <laughs> stop it. You are not supposed to be doing this. You know, the Bible is very clear about incest and it draws out all of these relationships that are not supposed to be had. And so, I mean, we can probably safely assume that they were in some kind of incestuous relationship that there, there was too close. And, and can you speak? And on I'm not sure RH? on that, that one, but the RH, uh, because I can't remember if my grandpa was from here, but like, I don't, I'm not sure, but my grandma definitely settled the area. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so the RH factor back then they didn't have Rogam and it, and so the blood, Rogam? so it's a shot that helps people whose blood don't mix. So if you're a negative RH negative, which by the way, they don't know how RH negative became a thing. Like I'm a nurse. They don't know. And so it just was all of a sudden there and many people have it. And if a negative and a positive try to have a baby, it doesn't work. And it will try to kill and abort the fetus every single time. An RH it's, negative and an RH positive? 
Yes, you cannot. So your grandpa was RH. He was positive and he was normal and she wasn't. And so back then they didn't have the shot for it. Now they have a shot that they give women early in their pregnancies so that they can carry these babies to term. So apparently, I don't know for sure if it was the, that the factor, my grandma was a girl. She was the first girl that had passed away. The others were boys. She made it, you know? So all those ones that had passed away were boys and she, she was female. So females are stronger um, at birth. And so maybe that was part of it or the blood poisoning that happened to her before, maybe it got through her system enough, but she finally was able to have a child. Well, and, and let's point grandma. to why science and the medical field, um, why so many people disagree with a lot of things that are going on in there, because when God says, don't do this, and then there's a natural punishment that happens. And then science and medicine goes and creates a, a circumvention around God's consequences. This is how you end up with a bunch of children on this earth who shouldn't be here, who are illegal because the Nephilim hybrids are actually illegal. Now, while I'm saying this, I want to clarify because I actually get this question a lot from people when I talk about this. I've gotten calls from people who go, oh, I was born with a six digit. Am I evil? Am I bad? Like just crying. Okay. No, it says in the Bible, you know, that um, through the regeneration of the Christ sacrifice that we can be regenerated. So, you know, if you were born into one of these families and you know, you're not completely sold out to the devil and whatever secret ways that they are. And you want to repent, you can be regenerated and saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, so when, when I talk about this, please don't be offended if you're watching this and you have some of these traits or markers or you're clear in your family and go, Oh, I'm unsavable, you know? Um, and right. may, maybe like, maybe you've even been told that like Nathan Reynolds, who, um, I'd be doing an interview with soon. He, he believed and was told by his family, you know, that he was a hybrid to some degree. Um, and that he believed that he was unsavable until Jesus himself came and said and claimed him for the kingdom. And then he was like, wait a minute, what? Um, so, so I believe that God has anointed certain people out of these bloodlines, but many of us were born into very wicked bloodlines where there's stuff going on that a lot of these people in our family are not going to be saved because they are into some wild things, you know? Um, and like wild beastly animal <laughs> that's abominable to every abominable to everything that's in the Bible, which is interesting because in the book of Mormon, there is a part in second Nephi that I, I actually go over and read through this in my interview with Cody, who had a near death experience and basically saw Joseph Smith in hell. Um, and I go through reading this chapter in the book of Mormon that talks about how in the Book of Mormon, it talks about the great and abominable church, the whore of all the earth, whose author is Satan. And I think it's so funny that that's prophesied in that book because it is them. Mormonism is the largest cult on the earth. And the reason it is so abominable is because it presents itself as worshiping God. It is antichrist. And we'll get into more of that. And when you present yourself as a false Jesus and behind the scenes, you have Nephilim hybrids who are running the church, who are raping, pillaging, eating the flesh, blood of children underground. And, and it is a sex cult 
and you're touting it as as worshiping God and and Jesus Christ and the ones who who run the whole show and are sending out missionaries in mass to recruit people in and take the tithing and build up this kingdom, which I believe will eventually turn itself over to the new world order um, mm-hmm. and the Antichrist agenda. That you that's a whole other level of wickedness when when you you know. A Satanist who's a Satanist, who is just out there being a Satanist, is going to be a lot less condemned than these people. These people who walk around with these masks and cloaks on, well, because they be lead, angels of light. Yeah, they lead everyone astray. Like I felt so. That's why I speak out because I felt so tricked when I I got out and I started seeing all this stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, this was told to me that this was how I get to heaven. Mm -hmm. This was about God. This was about being devout. This was about, you know, I was trying to do a good thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't. And and now I know that. And now I'm like, wow, if they came out tomorrow and said, we're just Freemason, cult, weird, whatever, they could say they're great. But, but why do you have to bring Jesus into it? That's where I get upset, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're baptizing people and saying it's for Christ. And yeah. It has nothing well, to do with and that's one of the big fights in Mormonism right now is the whole polygamy thing with Joseph Smith. And you go back and, and look at, okay, well, was Joseph Smith a polygamist? This is going on in current day. And there's a lot of people who are out there going, well, Joseph wasn't a polygamist. Well, jo- Brigham Young uh-huh. came along and edited everything and added it all in. And they made up all these stories. Okay. I have one person that I've interviewed who um, was in a government Mormon program and actually watched many of the Mormon brethren who were the current prophet of the Mormon church. He's seen murder many young boys with his own hands, you know, Mm -hmm. and I full well believe this man. I mean, he's kind of like a rain man kind of guy and he's really hard to follow in the interview I have with him. It's, it's on my channel. Um, it's called bloody something about bloody murder of the Mormon prophets. It has blood dripping down and, he's really hard to follow because he's still actively DID and he knows it. he's very programmed and split. And he, he is, they programmed him with his obsession to talk about the dates and the numbers of it's a skull and bones thing that, you know, mm-hmm. president Nelson's skull and bones. Oh, and so he's, he, and he is confirmed that in his own biography. People. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also Alan key, which is another one of, and you know, these, they, these are magic. They, they focus bone magic necromancy Mm -hmm. and and so that's what that's into and the prophet of the current day mormon church is is into that and the the necrom that necromancy goes back to the start of joseph smith who they said lucy maximus said they served the house of abrac which is abraxas who was a necromancer it all ties in it's Uh all like one big but they but you can't find it like that you have yeah. to dissect it so bad it's yeah. just yeah yeah and it, and it's frustrating because you can't even trust a lot of the stuff you do dissect because they've changed so many of the records to fit their mm-hmm. current you know agenda of whatever it is that they're saying now because oh, oh isn't it great that we have a modern day prophet who can just change their mind anytime <laughs> you know and say whatever uh-huh. because the things that a lot of people focus on outside of mormonism like oh that they used to believe in kolob and they can become gods and all of these things like that's not the stuff that you, that I grew up necessarily talking about in, um, uh, our classes where on gospel I remember Kolob, whatever. I remember Kolob. We sing songs about young. it and stuff, yes. but it's not at the forefront of the teachings. No, they don't. Uh, yeah. at, at least 
when I was growing up, so, some people talk more about these things than others. And, but a lot of the mainstream stuff that they come out with, it's crazy, woo woo weirdness <laughs> in Mormonism. We didn't grow up hearing a lot about, and it was always like, oh yeah, well, polygamy that ended. And then, you know, whatever. Well, so back to Joseph Smith back in the day when, whether or not he was a polygamist, really hard to find out for sure. But, but certainly the book of doctrine and covenants 132 is about mm-hmm. polygamy and the revelation that he got about polygamy. And that's in there. And people say, Oh, well that came from Brigham Young. Okay. Well, Oh, the man I was talking about, the reason I brought him up, um, DJ is because he told me that Brigham Young is, is a Rothschild, which oh. makes sense yeah. because he was a very wicked man, you know, he was so bad. He if was you just so go bad. read any of his stuff, he was such a deceiver. And even, even when Joseph died, like there wasn't a prophet for two years and he was like trying everything he could to get to be the next prophet. And then that was when everything split. So Joseph didn't just start the mainstream Mormon cult. All you've got the FLDS, the RLDS and all these other little breakoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, and then from Mormonism, you've still got people leaving today who are starting their own little cults, just doing their thing it's on the side. So weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joseph Smith is the author of so yeah. many cults. And the thing that's interesting, if you go watch my <laughs> interview with Cody, just to point this out is that Joseph Smith in, in none of the stuff that Cody saw in his near death experience with the purpose for Joseph being in hell, none of it has anything to do with polygamy. This is a diversion. And I see the agenda behind it. The whole reason that they're sending all these people out with these like old journals. It's okay. Let, let me back up a little bit. The, the church right now is really huge on, um, doing this thing where they are, how do I even explain it? Um, well, it's controlled disclosure, controlled opposition, controlled disclosure. They want to control what's being coming out because they know that all these people like us are leaving and telling mm-hmm. all of their secrets. So they're like, Oh, we got to control the narrative. So you got people like John Delin who've been talking about this stuff for like 20 years, you know, like he was excommunicated 20 years ago and he's still exposing Mormonism, but he's, he's exposing all of the basic stuff. And it's really clear to me. Cause even when he talks, he says we or us, he, he still affiliates himself when he talks about the brethren, we need to excommunicate this guy that wrote this book. And he's like, and I know that they do that because I got excommunicated for writing this book. And it's like, okay, I know that he knows about the SRA going on. I know that he does because I have insider sources. And he doesn't talk about that. He's He won't expose that because he is on their list of keep the attention off of the brethren, of the brethren, the, the prophet, the general authorities, and those that run the whole show. We've got to distract everybody from that, you know, so you see that going on. So if you go back to Joseph Smith time and try to figure out what was going on there, it's really hard to piece together because there's all these modern day agendas that are changing the writings and changing the, the history of the, well, they did it. They always do. Yeah. They did it even back then change history. Yeah. Lucy Mack Smith wrote that stuff about Abraxas, which is so shadow banned because Brigham Young tried to have all of them burn. He he was on a actual mission and and it they admit it. They admit it. It's like So for somebody over. who doesn't know what Abraxas is, can you explain that? Sure. It's um actually they call it the chicken snake god. A lot of people make fun and say that because it's got like a chicken head and then he's got two snakes for two serpents that split out for a tail and it it's a demon and it's a necromancer. And uh, uh, when I found that out and that she fully admitted it, no wonder Brigham Young was trying to burn it. And the new president, President Nelson, 
his biography that he wrote years ago mentioning Skull and Bones, it's like $1,300 now to buy. It, it's some crazy amount so that they can keep his hiding book? it. Yep. Because he wrote it a long time ago, never thinking he would be a president. And it says about Skull and Bones in it. And so sure enough, but but people have put it all over the internet. You can and find Lucy it Matt yourself. Smith, for people who aren't Mormon that are watching this, Lucy Mack Smith is who? is Joseph Smith's mother and said that they actually were don't think just because they changed their focus for a time that they haven't stopped doing circles and and worship for the house of a brack and I was like what and that's where abracadabra comes from and that's very interesting because what do you do when you say that word you pull something out of a hat and boy did he he definitely pulled something out of a hat I was like well a whole channeled book from the fallen yes. yep. angel moron. I agree. Yep. So totally. Wow. Okay. So so um you've got you've got <laughs> rewritten history and then Brigham Young, you know, who whether or not Joseph Smith had had multiple wives, I, I honestly believe that he did. And I honestly mm-hmm. believe that's trying to be covered up. And this is the reason what I was trying to get out with the controlled disclosure, because if Joseph Smith is proven to be a pedophile polygamist, which many of his wives that are listed under his name are like 12, it that when people find out about that, there's a lot of people who who are either trying to be converted or have been in the church and then never really got into the history and look at that and go, wait, what? wait, right. he, this whole thing, I'm going to have to throw out the whole religion because Joseph was a false prophet. But if they can pin everything Joseph did on Brigham Young, who was the second prophet of the Mormon church, then they can go, oh, the church is still true. Just th- there was a infiltrator that came in and messed some stuff up. But but the revelation in the Book of Mormon, so it still gives them credibility if they can discredit that Joseph was ever a polygamist. But my interview with Cody, it doesn't matter because he talks Mm-mm. about how Joseph Smith is is in hell for essentially wanting to be like God and worshiping fallen angels. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, receiving a religion, starting a religion that led millions and millions in current day, 16 million. That's only today. <laughs> how many other millions he started and how many other millions in all the other little cults has he deceived one man who channeled a book from the fallen? And it has led humanity astray. So, so that's what you're dealing with. And I also believe that based on what you read in all of the history of Joseph Smith and his, his charismatic way and his ability to deceive, I full well believe that he knew that he was, he knew, he knew because I think too, with the channeling he did, not only that he wore a Jupiter talisman and it was, they try and he had a bag, a treasure bag, and it was full of these sigils that I have. And so the more I studied about John D, the more I knew that these sigils were like a Nokian alphabet, but they say he didn't have a copy of the Magus full. He had access to a lot of things. What is that? Explain that stuff you just talked about. The Enochian alphabet is actually channeled from John D from the angels. And they say it's the alphabet of angels. And so that when you say Enochian, that's Enoch, like Enoch, yeah, the they, that... they named it that and I'm not sure why, but that's what they named it. But that was channeled and took years and years. And actually his scry almost went crazy doing it. And they wife swapped. 
and he had a Reese Beals's kid and it was like a whole thing. And so like they got that alphabet and they're like symbols. And if you see and go to Joseph Smith stuff where the treasure bag, now they say it's Hiram's. They're like, oh no, no, it wasn't his. But who was the one that did all, they were the diggers. He was the one that was the brains behind it. He was the scryer. He was the virgin scryer. Joseph was not Hiram. So these were protection sigils and different things that he had in his bag. And they are terrifying. And if you look at them, they're calling down certain angels. So why would he be doing that for mm -hmm. protection? And mm -hmm. then he wore a Jupiter talisman and they can't discredit that one because Emma actually wanted it back and said that was his he always wore it. I want it back and actually verified that he always wore it. Well, wow. he wasn't born under the sign of Jupiter, but guess what it gives you? It gives you char charisma and like the ability to be very suave and all this stuff. And there are accounts where people say you could be as mad as possible at Joseph, but if you get in a room with him alone, you would forget it in a moment. Mm. And that's interesting. And then they I know had, some Nephilim myself, just yes. like that. And then they had a ritualistic knife that had a Mars emblem on it as well. They were very into some dark occult themes. And, and this stuff is all relics that are hidden. And the church has finally had to slowly, like what you said, the controlled opposition, let them out, but say, oh, but they're high ropes. Oh, but everyone did folk magic back in the day. That was the thing. Oh, this, that, the other. Well, he had this guy that he looked up to because it was actually Emma's cousin way before he met Emma and his last name. He came through town and he was a doctor. He had been to Europe. He had been all over the place. He had definite access to this stuff because he brought he, um, this man. And I'll tell oh. you his name because you're going to be so surprised. His last name was Lumens, like bringer of light. <laughs> and so I'm like, no, he probably gave him the Magus. Because some of this stuff is straight out of the Magus. There's What's no the Magus? way. So the Magus is actually an occult book of rituals and magic. So he definitely knew more than what they say. They like to say he was a dumb little farm boy. He was not. Yeah. yeah. And I believe no. their family come over from the UK. Scotland. Uh, Scotland. It was, it was um, Lucy. Scotland? Well, and Lucy Max Smith was known as a healer and she was, had a Scottish background. And so that makes complete sense. Scottish, I mean, right? Freemasonry. Yeah. Yep. And they try to say sense. that he went through all of the rites or whatever really fast and got him real quick. Like, oh, well, he wasn't really a Freemason kind of thing. And it doesn't really matter because the thing is, that's what why we're pointing to. The important thing is that you understand if he knew he was a Nephilim hybrid genetic and he was one of these occult bloodlines and they were into magic in the family, hmm. whether or not he was in the brotherhood yet or went into that, like a lot of people do like to have some brothers in a yep. different, because there are so many different brotherhoods and within the Illuminati, the Illuminati functions as a brotherhood. They call at, at the higher end, they call the Illuminati, the brotherhood. And a lot of them aren't necessarily affiliated with any lodges or Freemasonry. It's just generational. Well, and his, his blood, dad, you know? his dad was into Freemasonry. And the funny thing is, is his brother's name is Hiram, like Hiram Abiff, who is major uh -huh. in Freemasonry. I'm like, yeah. no. They yeah. all were full masons. We have like his apron, all the things. And, and our temple ceremony was created five weeks after he went through and got his Masonic rights. Mm -hmm. That's, I think what got him killed because he changed everything 
and made it his own and put God in there. And Masons don't play. They don't like that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I think I believe as well is that he was killed because he stole the rights of Freemasonry and religionized it and put it into an elite religion to try to make it as like ascension into heaven as its own under Christianity, because in mainstream Freemasonry, you have to have a higher power, but they don't, they don't care who it is. So he took it and like, okay, well, we're going to make it Christ and we're going to, um, you know, turn it into this elite religion and use this to gather followers. And for an example, there's one sign in the handshakes for Freemasons called the sure sign of the lion's paw. And what do we have? The The sure sure sign sign of the nail or the patriarchal grip, the patriarchal grip, which is what the patriarchs do. And if you go out, you similar, right, right. You can look and find pictures of, um, uh, just look it up, look up patriarchal grip. Um, or you don't even have to look that up. George Bush and the last prophet Monson. What was his name? Oh, Tom. Thomas S. Monson and George Bush. There's a picture of them doing this handshake. It looks like this. Yes. Yep. And it's I saw that finger on each side placed where Jesus had yeah. the sure sign of the nail on the cross so that he wouldn't slip off the cross because they only put put it here but there was actually another nail here so that he didn't slip and so they that's their sign and symbol of that yeah mm-hmm. i saw that handshake yes and, i remember if, if when george they did bush that. isn't a mormon and they're doing that in the temple and they're out doing this with with politicians um well, yeah isn't it interesting that they talk about separation of church and state mm-hmm. you know what you couldn't separate church and state if you tried they've been in bed together since not in utah that's for dang sure beginning of time no any anywhere yeah. church and state are in bed because in first samuel 8 when god um when, when the people didn't want God to be their king anymore. Didn't want Jehovah as their king anymore. They came to Samuel and said, Samuel, we want a king. And Samuel's like, what, what do you mean you want a king? Like he was mourning. He was so sad. And he goes to God and he says, God, you know, these people, they want a king. And he was, he was mourning. And God says, Samuel, don't mourn. They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And he says, go ahead and give them what they want. And give him a king. And then he gave him Saul. And we know what happened with Saul. You know, Saul was a terrible king. Saul actually went and um, when he was told to go and kill off the Nephilim giant hybrids, the king, King Agog, who was a Mm -hmm. giant, he was so beautiful to Saul. Saul couldn't kill him. He didn't kill him. God ordered him to kill all of them. And then they took, he took all the animals too. He was not an obedient king. And so he gave the people a disobedient king to show them and, and, in first first Samuel eight lays out the curses. So every time you go, just go think about this. If you're still voting for a president, you go and you look at first Samuel eight. If you're a Bible believer, if you're not, and you're here just for the Nephilim story, then I don't know what to tell you. But, um, but if you go read first Samuel eight, it outlines the curses that God dished out to men when he said, if you don't want Jesus Christ to be your Lord, King and savior, and the only one who you are sovereign under who I gave you, as your king, then I'll give you a king. But these, this is what's going to happen. He's right. going to take all your manservants, your maidservants, all your best, this and that and the other. He's going to use them all to make perfumes and all of these things and build up chariots and armies. And he's, he's going to take everything from you and you're going to be a slave. Mm-hmm. Yep. You were free and you're all equal. And now you want to be a slave to the king. Okay. You can have that. And so mm-hmm. he, it's like, 
people go, oh, well, God chose the president. God chose this president or this leader or ruler. Yeah, on his left hand to be a tyrannical ruler, to allow mm -hmm. the wicked to destroy the wicked. That's what's going on because God has two hands in the Bible. He talks about his right hand and his left hand. Same God. That's, that's God so funny. Who is just also serves justice. My son, my son is young, but the more he has gotten um, with the Lord, he came home to me one day and, and I, I've always felt like number one, I used to feel like voting didn't matter because we live in Utah because it's a red state. It will always be a red state. They always vote the same. So I've ne I, I didn't vote. And then my son came home and he said to me one day, mom, I just can't do the pledge of allegiance anymore. And I said, well, you have to stand because of the fallen people, normal people that gave their lives. But he said, but they, but they don't say, they say one nation under God, but they also pledge allegiance to a flag, which is a symbol. And I said, all right, I can't argue with this kid on this one. You know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. So I told him just, just stand and don't say it, you know, yeah. because I don't like that. You're not honoring the fallen people that were normal people, normal people that, you know, we've had in our family, but also I understand what you're saying. And ever since I've gone on my journey, same thing. I'm like, why, why do we care? They all play for the same team and go have dinner afterward. I don't vote. <laughs> They're two wings like, of the same bird and they get up yeah. there and fight and, and <clears throat> insult each other. And then they go off and they all have sex with each other. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a sex I, cult, just like Mormonism. They're all incestuous lizards, you know? So yeah. like you go ahead and fight the way they want you to fight and think that they're actually doing anything for your good. They're not. Even the word it's America, just division. I can't remember right now what it means, but the word America means something. And I think it points to the fallen angels. Well, let's look at the flag since you brought it up real quick. Yeah. Because the flag is a symbol of the fallen. It's, it is worship of the fallen angels. And this is why the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati oh. that run this world. How many stripes are on the flag? Oh, that's interesting. I never okay. even thought of this. So you have 13 stripes on the flag and they tell you, oh, the 13 original colonies. They're obsessed yeah. with 13 because you have your 13 original bloodlines. The 13 original bloodlines of like the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, all these families, they're hybrid Nephilim. Right. Okay. So you're pledging allegiance to hybrid Nephilim. And the, the, the other way they tell you, okay, what is a red line? It's a bloodline. Well, oh, yeah. 13 yep. bloodlines on the flag. And then you have 50, 51, whatever stars, a star for each state, which is a star. Uh, it's a pentagram. And mm. when you, when you have a pentagram, like the ones that are all on the Mormon temples, there's pentagrams all over the Mormon temples. And the one in Nauvoo actually mm -hmm. has an upside down pentagram, which will blow your mind. We're, we'll get into that in another episode and we'll show some wow. pictures of that stuff. But, um, the Mormon church has all over their church, all different kinds of stars. They have, they have the, um, the star of Ram fan, which people call the star of David. It's not the star of David. It's, it's, um, a compass and a square. It's a Freemason symbol. Seal is it nothing the seal to do with Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah. And then the seal of Solomon is the, is the eight. It's like a square, the star mm -hmm. made with a, with two squares, which is eight pointed. And then you have the, the pentagram, which is on all these temples, which you have 50 pentagrams. So what that tells you is the pentagram being a star, like we talked about in Hollywood is a fallen angel that is the principality that is signed jurisdiction over each state 
for and in behalf of the God of this world, who is Satan. And that's well, what, that's who, what you and, pledge allegiance to when you pledge allegiance to the flag. And the 13 is huge number in occult. It's really important to the occult. And then the statue of Liberty, if you look straight down, it has a pentagram. It's on top of a pentagram. Yeah. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. So, and I doubt it was shipped over here. Like, come on. That whole story seems so ludicrous as heavy as it is. I mean, really? What, what, which story? Which one? The story of the Statue of Liberty, how it got here and all oh. this and that. I, oh. I'm not buying it. And I yeah. think it is a Nephilim. If you look at look at it, it it looks like a man. Yeah. You know, like a yeah, trans. And I can't remember. There's a whole thing. And I've, I've read yeah. it. And I can't remember the name of the God that it represents. Right. It might be Ishtar. I can't remember. But but it's the whore of Babylon. The Statue yeah. of Liberty is the whore of Babylon. And a lot and of it's people. A pentagram oh, it's at Lucifer. The if you look at it, yeah. it's androgynous. If you look at the face. Yes, androgynous. Like it, it, it's, it's trans. Yep. And then it and sits Luc on top Lucifer, of a the, pentagram. Yeah. Right. And he, Lucifer, Satan, has many different ways that he <laughs> appears and many different names that he yes. goes under. And so, um, you know, America ain't what you think it is, son. Right. right. <laughs> and so the God that you need to be loyal to if you want a king or a ruler to rule over you, you know, it says yeah. in the Bible, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And this has nothing to do with religion. When I talk about this stuff, I'm not preaching religion to you. I am talking right. about you were created by Yahweh, period. Yahweh created you for his purpose, period. You're here. You think you have free will. You do. But when you rebel against his purpose of creation for you, you will find yourself struggling and you can't worship two gods. No. You can only have one master and there's yeah. only two. There's the God of this yeah. world and the God of that world where we came from. So yeah. pick, pick and get off the fence. And, and I'm just going to be real clear about that right now because we're in a war and I fight it every single day. And the Nephilim who you call AI, who you call ET, who you call aliens, who you call angels, who you call little G gods, people who tout we're all God. It says in the Bible, we're all God. Yeah. You probably have a Nephilim host. If you think you're God, like mm -hmm. the guy, the guy who came to me and, and started telling me I am that I am, you know? Yeah. I, that's crazy. And it, and it's ah. like, so, it, and then talk about Elohim in the Bible. People go, well, the Elohim is plural. Okay. All Elohim means is that a spirit being. Yeah. There's other spirit beings, the sons of God. Mm -hmm. And many of them rebelled. Yes. And that's where you get your fallen angels from. And that's the ones that are here creating illegal human beings and have corrupted the human DNA. And, mm -hmm. and so, so you have the Elohim that still follow God who are his servants. And then you have the Elohim who are here and think they're God and want to steal his throne and be like God and want to take every man down with them because they know, because they came, to, they came to Noah or Enoch begging go intercede with god for us he can't kick us out of heaven forever you know because they got punished and tied up and no you're you're not saved and enoch went and talked to god and came back and said no sorry you're done for good you left your first right. estate you ruined the human genome for all of eternity we're all here dealing with this now i fight this battle every day and there are wicked wicked abominations happening all over the earth hidden behind Mormonism, hidden behind Catholicism, hidden behind most of the religions right now that are being bought up and taken over by Freemasons. And you can't even go anywhere and worship God anymore, except for your own closet without having witchcraft right. done over you, you know? Yep. That's true. where we're at. That's where we're at. Mm -hmm. this, is, this, this is where 
this is what me being Mormon led me into having to understand after being born into a bloodline family who is of these, these elitist bloodlines who thinks that they get to control other people's lives and play God and handle other people's lives. And like, sorry, you don't get to, you might've got to for a little while, but Jesus, Jesus might not become, this is another thing that's funny that I found hilarious. We we're talking about this the other day, the rainbow, the rainbow, um, was a promise of God to say, I won't, I won't flood the earth again. Right. Okay. Cause, cause Noah came and said, Oh God, that was way too hard <laughs> to, right. have to wipe out entire humanity. Like, please don't ever do that again. And so God sends him the rainbow to promise his covenant that I won't ever do that again. And then, so the gay community, the LGBTQ community goes and takes the rainbow and says, Oh, this is our sign, you know, which is really mm -hmm. funny because well, I should, I'll qualify this after the fact. Okay. Cause I don't have anything against gays in general, but I do believe right. that it is an abomination and it goes against our natural nature. That's clear in the Bible. So they go and take the, the, um, rainbow and this is our symbol. Now to me, what they're saying is God's not going to flood the earth anymore. So we can do whatever we want because he's not going to destroy mm -hmm. us. When actually you forgot to read the rest of the Bible, which says, okay, yeah, but this time he's coming with fire and a sword. Okay. Yeah. He might not send a flood and flood the whole earth. He might have a small remnant that he's going to reserve out. But if you're living in abomination, the fire and the sword is still coming for you. So it's, I find it very ironic that that's the symbol that they choose because the abomination of incest and, and perversion, the perversions come from the Nephilim. And so let's talk about sodomy. And this, the ritual mm -hmm. of sodomy within Freemasonry and why do you know, do you have understanding about that? Have you researched about that? Only what I've heard from you. No, okay. I did not know until I saw some well, stuff that you said. You know, it's funny because people are out there like, yeah, gay rights, gay rights. It's great. And it's like, has everybody co completely forgotten about Sodom and Gomorrah? Because you don't have to be a Christian to know about Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> you right. don't have to be. And the whole reason Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed and God rained down fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah was because of the sodomy rituals that were happening there, the abominations. And the last thing that happened before he sent in the angels to go for and in behalf of Abraham, who begged to have his cousin Lot saved out. Um, he went, the angels went to Lot's door to say, Hey, you got to get out of here. Cause this city's going down and the sodomite men, the Freemasons, the Nephilim hybrid hosts of the town came to the door and saw these angels go in. And not only did they see men go in, they knew they were angels because at the time they were doing these abominations. They were sleeping with angels and creating these hybrids. And they saw these angels go in. And they wanted to have sex with him. So they went and said, tell those men to come out so that we can lay with them. They, they went wow. to Lot's door and said this, we want to have sex with those angels. And so God burned the entire city. And, and now people just think, oh no, it's okay. We can, we can be gay. It's okay. <laughs> and yeah, I, go ahead. I think this celebration of it and the movements, the movements are like, it is one thing to sin. And all of us have sin, but it is quite another to parade a sin and make the sin your God. Yeah. And that's what they've done with it. And it makes me question, like, why did they have them be so like important and so blasting and so in your face? Like 
it used to not be that way. And many gay people don't feel or associate with those kind of things either, because they also feel like it's weird. Like, I don't need a flag to say I'm anything, you know, mm -hmm. you're ple again, we're going back to pledging. Mm -hmm. What are you pledging yourself to? There's always something, whether it yeah. be money, sex, I, food, I don't really care what it is. You can be a slave to anything. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes a problem because then it becomes your God. You're well, making And check this out with what we're saying about the rainbow too. With <laughs> the, the, it's the Nephilim agenda, the Nephilim hybrid host. Because who was, who did the flood come for? Who did the flood come to destroy? To destroy all the abominations that were created by the breeding. With the fallen like, angels. Yes. Which were the Nephilim. Uh -huh. Yes. So the so the rainbow symbolizes, yeah, I won't do it again, but it also points to, hey, I flooded the whole earth of all the Nervous. Nephilim. And so mm -hmm. so you've got them out there waving their flag like, hey, we're here, we're queer, and we're here to stay. And and that is the Nephilim agenda because that symbol symbolizes all of their death and being wiped out. And every slave that they can bring into perversion is a victim of this enslavement. And why do I know this so well? Like I've, I've had my own experiences when I decided I hated men and walked away. I, for a while I was like, maybe I'm supposed to be gay because when I left Mormonism and all that behind, I went and tried a lot of stuff on God allowed me to wear a, a lamb's wool over my eyes and try a lot of things so I could speak to it. And so, and, and I worked in the hair industry and I had many, many gay friends and I actually was going to teach a class before I fully gave my heart to Christ and realized it was a lie. I was going to teach a class that I had written called the two spirit because I'm like, well, the indigenous, they had these two spirits and they were neither male nor female. And then, and then you've got the fact that I also, when I was 17 working in the emergency room, they called me the cath queen. And mm. I, I, I was actually called in to put a catheter in a hermaphrodite. And that blew my mind because I'm like, okay, that's neither male nor female. That right. both. And so yeah. then, then I'm I'm like, God, <laughs> what is this? And, and then how do how do I? So forever that messed me up because then I was like, how do I resolve that gays being wrong if there's a being here that I've put a catheter into that's neither? That's both. Uh huh. So I'll I'll tell you what I came to with that because looking at at this you know, gay agenda. There's literally a gay agenda. One of the musicians that my daughter, oh, she showed me a video. I can't remember what his name is, but in, in Hollywood, there's, there's a trans and a gay is. agenda mm -hmm. and, and it's the fallen. And so a lot of the people who have come out of the satanic ritual abuse community, the SRA victims, a lot of them end up gay. A lot of the children that come out of Freemason families who leave Mormon families, a lot of these boys walk away, end up gay. I'm a generational healer. So when, when I look at somebody and they start talking to me about their own trauma, I go back how many generations start questioning who touched you, who abused you, what your parents, who touched them, where's the incest, what da 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 da. So uh -huh. when you understand the Nephilim and their obsession and, you know, the things you're discovering in your own family and where this all comes from, um, I don't know. I, personally, I don't know anyone who's gay. And I know people from the gay community who actually come out of the gay community and are like, I hate the gay community. I, I am gay. They will still say I am gay, but I hate the gay yeah. community because there's so much toxic relationships and trauma within the gay community. And why? Because I don't know anybody who actually is gay, who was not abused when they were little. And, and maybe 
you know some people and maybe they weren't. Go ask them. Go go do their ancestry and see who abused their parents because there's a spirit. Iniquity is a spirit that has a legal right to you on your bloodline, especially if you have a hybrid genetic and you come from a Nephilim spirit and you're born with a Nephilim host. You know, you may have a spirit functioning you before you even get a chance at life because you had ancestry that was into this stuff. Like for myself, I was expendable. So I didn't know my family's sins and abominations because I wasn't included in them. So I had to figure this all out on my own. Right. And there are many other people walking amongst, amongst humanity who also don't have these pieces of the puzzle of their own family that you yourself are now like looking at and recognizing and realizing you got some, some of this stuff going on. So why don't, well, let me finish up with the gay thing. Then I want to have you talk for a minute about something, but, um, so, so you've got these, this is how you can look at the train trail of events. Okay. First of all, we've got the sodomy ritual, which is the greatest hidden secret behind Freemasonry and the brotherhood. And why do they do that? Well, Lucifer hates women because in the garden of Eden, there was enmity placed between Eve and the serpent because she told on him because he got her to eat the fruit and he got cursed to be a serpent. And so he said, I hate you. And God placed enmity. So women and the serpent hate each other. And so men don't, didn't get that curse. So they get the Kundalini which shatters the mind's eye open. Okay. The Kundalini is the false Holy spirit. And that's where people talk about opening their third eye. Um, most people don't know that most people get their third eye open through sodomy rituals, which is the two serpents that come up the spine. And then other people don't do the sodomy ritual and they go to a Kundalini yoga and they get their third eye shattered open. Well, you're just Mm -hmm. accepting a fallen angel in to come and blow your third eye open. And you don't know if it entered in what gateway of your mouth, how many gates do we have in our body? We have our mouth gate. We have our nose gate. We have our eye gates. We have our ear gates and we have our sexual gates and our organ gates. And these are openings into our temple entrance points. So if you didn't get a phallus through a sodomy ritual, then you may just have entered into a covenant at a, at a Kundalini ceremony, or maybe you just had, you know, a ritual done on you at every point in the Mormon church when you were uh, a baptized and you got a certificate saying you were baptized, you were blessed, you were got the priesthood, you went to the temple, you took out your covenants, and now you're in agreement with the Nephilim spirit. And now you have a Nephilim host working through you. So there's many different ways you can enter into covenants and agreements with these Nephilim hosts and spirits and evil ones in the, in the book of Enoch. He, it clearly says that the dead Nephilim spirits who drowned in the flood would wander the earth and would be the evil spirits who would torment men. Mm -hmm. So, so we're dealing with, that's why the Nephilim conversation is so applicable to what's going on on the earth right now, because it's got its nitty little sixth finger in everything. It's in everything. Everything in the gay agenda with its rainbow. Hey, you flooded us, but look, we're here. We're queer. We're going to, we're going to stay the Nephilim hosts. And why? Because the more abomination that they can get humanity to partake in, then they can take you down shale with them to hell to, because they don't want to go alone, you know? And that's really, and they, they hate humanity. Even the ones that worked with, um, so like Alistair Crowley even said later, with AWOS and he called it an alien, but later he said, Oh, it betrayed me. It was a demon. Even he identified later, like John D same thing. It ruined his life. He died in poverty. They didn't care. They Mm -hmm. really, he would tell them sometimes like, I don't have the money to finish this or 
um, whatever we can't. And they were like, we can't be bothered with your silly crap, you know, basically. And, I had those and they, experiences, yeah. false revelations, knowing, looking back and going, oh, that was Kundalini. Oh, that wasn't a true. Oh, I, I go to the Bible and I read something when I went back into it after new age indigenous medicine ceremony stuff and getting all these downloads. And then I go, oh no, that was false. I have to, th I have to throw that out. You can get, you can hear, you can, I I've, been able to hear, see, you know, a lot of different things, visionary in different paths before I was completely devoted to Christ and I've received false revel revelations, you know, so definitely they're always talking to you as well. And not every prophet is hearing. That's why you're supposed to test the spirits, you know, and so and what the angels, yep. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell, let's hear about your own family's knowledge of being Nephilim. Well, and so all that story about my great grandma and the O negative blood, it became this big joke. It was like this huge joke. And I, I always thought it was a joke, you know, and they would always say, well, you know why that is, don't you? And I'm like, why? Because, because we're Nephilim, we're, we're part of the Nephilim. And I'm like, so I didn't understand it when I was a child. Like, obviously you don't even know what that word means. And then I was told, well, it's like angels and you're special and that's what makes you different and it's good. And then you grow up and you get out and you're like, wait a minute, this is bad. Like I told my mom, I was like, don't say that anymore. Like she still jokes about it. And I don't know if she thinks it's serious or not serious. I don't know where she's at with it, but it was always a kind of a conversation in our family. And I always thought it was weird. And they joked about it because of that RH factor, O negative blood. And I always thought it was strange. I was like, why would you want to be associated with that? Like, that doesn't seem normal, you know? Well, so but what they, did you think it meant when you were little before you knew what it was when they would say Nephilim? I thought it was like special, like, uh, oh, like we're, we're just angelic. special. Oh, we're angelic, like angel, you know, because I didn't know what a Nephilim really was. I thought it was like angelic and um, they would always just laugh about it. And I'm like, Later, when I found out, I was like, this is not a good angel. Yeah, it might be an angel, but this isn't a good angel. This is how and when did thing. you how and when did you find out what it was? When I got completely out of the church, probably pretty much in my the Mormon 40s, church. Uh-huh. I was like, wait, reading more into my Bible. Because what don't we do as Mormons? We really don't do anything with the Bible and and searching the scriptures, doing actual real work without the Book of Mormon. And then you start to be like, wait a minute, this isn't a good thing. This is bad. And, mm -hmm. and I, I talked to my mom about it now and she understands, but I don't know who, somebody obviously put that in her mind. It, and she says, well, yeah, it was the thing with grandma and her blood type because she couldn't have the baby and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's pretty weird to say. That's a yeah. very strange idea coming forward from very old people. This is like back in the depression era you know, and I, I just always wow. thought it was so weird. And then if you look at Mormonism, what is Joseph Smith? He, he's one of the fairest ones of his family. Like they said he was very fair. And then you look at Mormon Jesus. He doesn't look like Jesus from Palestine somewhere. Like he looks like Joseph Smith, like yeah. blonde <laughs> with blue eyes. And I always tell my daughter and she gets kind of into arguments with kids at school. Cause I'm like, this is what people look like from Bethlehem. And I show her pictures and I'm like, he's Brown. And she's like, yeah. 
And she, she always has known that because she grew up, she was my youngest one. So she never was a Mormon. And so she just knows, but she'll get into little arguments with kids. Like, and also one was funny because we believe in the Trinity, but of course, Mormonism doesn't. And so they got into an argument about how Jesus, she said, and, and they don't think that Jesus created the world. And I'm like, well, they don't understand that Jesus is God, you know? And so she'll come home and tell me the funniest things. My favorite thing is she calls them Normans. Normans? <laughs> she doesn't the understand Mormons? how to say, yeah, Mormon. I'm like, yeah. no, it's Mormon. And she always calls them Norman. It just cracks yeah. me up. But I'm like, yeah, that, and, and we have, I mean, if you look at a lot of the things and I've always had this weird unnatural attraction to redheads, which is, I mean, also, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the, about the Nephi connection, because with what you're talking about reminds me of my daughter. And my daughter is the one who had a dream that really put me on to the recognition of why Mormon, Mormonism is a Nephilim church and the signs. God always leaves a, a um, bread trail, you know, for us mm -hmm. to find the truth. And so... Um, the whole Nephi Nephilim connection for me came from a dream that my daughter had had and I'm a dream interpreter. So we always, I would either record vocally or write my kids dreams. And my daughter had had this dream about Nephi and he was at the church and he was killing all the zombies. And I don't remember the details of it, but the gist of it is that, I mean, my kids are very prophetic and a lot of things that they've said have definitely come through in our lives. They're prophetic in our own family. And, um, so she, she's having this dream and it's interesting because she's talking about Nephi and remind me to circle back to why the dream is applicable to the Nephilim. Because if, if you think about it, if Nephi just simply symbolizes the Nephilim and Nephi, for those who don't know in the book of Mormon, the main prophet and the main family and the main tribe within the book of Mormon, who supposedly Jesus came back to as a second witness after he died was Nephi and the Nephites. And, and so I've talked about this a lot, but, um, this was a huge revelation to me because I'm, I've been studying the Nephilim like crazy, you know, for a couple years. And I look down and I have one of my daughter's dreams written on a piece of paper sitting on the floor. And it's talking about Nephi and killing the zombies. And, um, I see the word Nephi and it hits me. I'd been writing the word Nephilim a lot because I've been posting about it and talking about it. And all of a sudden it stands out to me that the first several letters of the word Nephi is the name net of the word Nephilim Neph is Nephi. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's what people will say, Nephi, but all the Mormons Nephi, Nephi and yeah. Nephites. And a lot and a lot of people who aren't Mormons say Moroni and it's Moroni. Yeah, Moroni, it cracks yeah. me up. So um so I that hit me. And it wasn't just like I saw it. it was like Holy Spirit came in and just gave me a whole understanding of the Book of Mormon before I even met Cody and got what he got of Joseph, like worshiping these fallen angels of understanding that this book, whether it's a true record of not or not of a people that ever lived, it's definitely channeled from the Nephilim and that the people that it's talking about, the Nephites are Nephilim is yeah pointing to okay. the, the Nephilim. So, well, and don't you find it interesting that they wanted to wipe out the Brown people and that they were constantly trying to make them more white and delights. And that's a direct quote from their prophets. Oh, and so, so don't let me go back to that in a second of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because talk about, because the original Hebrews 
was well known that they were black, right? Mm-hmm. And and so yeah. or whatever you want to call that, brown, black, black, whatever. brown. They were dark. They were not they were white. Not white. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you've got talk about the um, leprosy piece. Yep. So the lepers, they said back in the day, most of the people that had leprosy, quote unquote, actually had a disease turning them white. And so they always want to say like, oh, well, white's the better thing. Well, not necessarily because that wasn't what we were originally like. They don't know where the white gene came from. They really don't. They weren't white to begin with. And so I do think it had some piece of that. And same with Moses, you know, he was light. He was really like had these patches and it's interesting. They'll explain it away with vitiligo or other diseases, but I just think it's super interesting that now there's more, you know, white people, especially this way, not all as a world of as a whole, but like it's odd to me that especially concentrated in America where here we are, you know, trying to uh, have like under a Nephilim type thing with the America and the flag and what you're saying, and how come there's so many dang white people here, you yeah. know, cause it's not that way in the rest of the world. It's yeah. really not. Yeah. It, it's highly concentrated. Yeah. And it's, it, it says in the Bible when they got leprosy that, you know, they, they walked away white as snow. He turned white as snow. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that I I've actually been wanting to go in and study this because I am actually dealing with, <laughs> I could probably show you, but my lighting's not very good. I ha I'm dealing with it. I, 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 as you were talking about it the other day, I'm like, this is like, You're lepr- like oh, I, I don't leprosy. want leprosy <laughs> because, um, so I, I, I am actually going to go study what curses, because I think it's going to lead me Caused what it. things I need to break off of my bloodline if I go and study uh-huh. this. Because since I divorced my family and left them behind and went away and gave my life fully and wholly to Jesus. And um, the first thing that happened to me when I was living in my RV on the road and hiding when I left my family was I had this rash around my neck. And it was a rash in the exact spot as if I took a snake or a serpent and set it mm. on my neck. It was, it was exactly there on the back of my neck, like rounded. It was so strange. And it was very clear to me, the shape of it was odd. And, um, I'm an alternative healer and I take very good care of myself and I'm very in tune with my body. And I can almost always heal things very quickly in my body. If I just a little this, a little of that, a switch my diet, some prayers, some, you know, I'm always doing generational healing, which is repentance on the iniquity on the bloodline. And, um, I couldn't get rid of that for months. And so then I moved and I go, you know, through this next season and I start getting this rash and it's like under my bra line and it's moved to my chest. Sometimes it moves to my back and it comes up my neck and it literally lately I've been looking at it and and it for sometimes it looks like scales, you know, like scaly. And, um, this has been months and months and I can't get rid of it. And I've been praying and fasting and I'm like, what is going on? But God just keeps telling me, just hold on, you know, and it talks about in the Bible about that regeneration of the blood through Christ. And I do believe that because of my hybrid genetics, that I'm being regenerated through the blood of Christ. And I just have stuff in my blood coming out and it's showing up on my skin. And just before you and I talked about the leprosy the other day, I went and laid out and it was the first time I looked down. And it had all turned completely white. All the oh, little speckles wow. had turned completely white. And oh, I was wow. like, because sometimes it's dark, but when I went out in the sun, then it turned white. So I think it's applicable and I think it makes sense. Right. 
a witness because God doesn't do anything by mistake. He's very, very strategic in. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that that's really interesting what you're saying too about um, the um, America and the people yeah. and, and the country. Like why and, is it so and, white here? Like why? I mean, I know the Gentiles. The, yeah, I know they killed off the indigenous people, but they don't even know where exactly that gene came from. I mean, well, and it just hit me and I've never thought of this before. Cause I've been praying. I've been going, God, show me the Gentiles. What does that mean? Cause I remember when I was little, my parents always talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. I'm like, what is a mm-hmm. Gentile read? It talks about Gentiles all over in the book of Mormon in the Bible. I don't know what I still am trying to figure out what's a Gentile because I know that there's more to it than just even what, if you go to the Where Bible dictionary and look at yeah. it. And yeah. it just hit me that G E N again, you've got the first Generation. letters of the gene. gene uh-huh. The book of Genesis is about the genes of man and, and, right. you know, the f- seed war and how our physical bodies are made up and the genetics that, that whether we're hybrid or not. And, um, the word Gentile has the G E N in it again, which points to genes having something to do with the gene. And so mm-hmm. maybe the Gentile is the hybrid seed. Yeah, it's weird. It makes you wonder because you just, you know, that at one point it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. It, it I mean, at, at creation, this was not a thing. Mm-hmm. And so where, when, where and when did it become? you know and why do and white then, people hate black people so bad not not in general yeah but, you know yeah in, and why do they feel superior stuff? against other colors you know and, and you know what's really funny too that way too the church what church the mormon church and oh, yeah. i will tell you as a nurse this is the funniest thing so if we have a baby from any mother and we know it's coming from the NICU okay and it's going to be premature if it's a white male we set up for disaster. If it's a black male, we're like, it's probably going to be okay. But we call them wimpy white boys because they are the worst out of any of the babies, uh, period. They do not do well. Girls, by far, of any race, color, whatever, they do well. Boys do not do as well. But if if a boy is going to do well, it will it will do way better if it's a black boy or a brown boy or some other color. And then the very worst that we prepare for, like all hell breaking loose, it will be a white baby boy. And it, it's just the thing. And, and that just comes right into my head from Holy Spirit, because look, if you take science out of the mix and quit going and sticking needles and drawing people's blood and trying to make everything so complicated, God's very simple he really is like it's things are pretty straightforward and talking about Gentiles and the fallen and their obsession and talking about what happens when you get too much incest going on and the weakness that comes and, and the development of that. Even one of the things that God taught me about was he was like, pay attention to autism, like autism, all of the signs of autism really stem from um, generations of sodomy on the bloodline. And why does it only mostly target boys? Be- because Satan is targeting the boys. He's trying to take out the, the men, the seed, the, the head seed. of the family, the seed, the seed of the family. Well, and, men, and men don't hate him as bad as women do because God yeah. didn't place enmity between man and the seed well, placed place between woman and the seed. So men 
for for him to target men with a sodomy ritual and go, hey, I'll give you power. I'll open your mind's eye. You'll make a lot of money. And all you yeah. got to do is go do a sodomy ritual, you know, and then, oh, and if you pass it on to your son, now you've got incest. And the deeper, the darker, the grosser, the abomination and the perversion on the bloodline, um, the the more weak man becomes and the more Satan can still kill and destroy from humanity. And well, so and with the polygamy thing, like you were saying, those people from that area, from the Crick, like down. Okay. So, cause I lived in Southern Utah and I was a nurse there for a long time. If you get the people from there that are really intermingled and really their genetics are really intermingled, they are some of the whitest people, blondest, fairest, lightest people that you will ever see. And I mean, to an unnatural phase. To where you can wow. say, yeah, you you can see it. Like, I know this is weird, but you can literally say like, oh, they're polygamous. You know, even if they're out, wow. you can see it in their beyond hey, fair. I'm I, a little fair, but I can go out in the sun. You know what I'm saying? This is and I'm not a redhead. Yeah. I want to get into this, to this whole piece right here. Let's it's take a break. Wild. Let's, yeah. let's start episode two. We're going to pause. Okay. We're going to end this episode and please join us for number two because we're just getting warmed up. Yes, let's do it.